Today's episode is an interview with Rebecca, who also happens to be a very good friend of mine. It's the first teacher interview for the podcast, and it was the very first episode that I ever recorded. It's a fantastic conversation, and Rebecca has some really great insights to share. A word of warning, though, about the audio quality. As it was the first interview, I didn't get the technology quite right, so unfortunately there is a bit of background noise throughout the episode. However, I believe it's still very listenable and the content is interesting enough that hopefully you won't notice the background noise. Rest assured that I am working to improve the audio quality with each new episode and enjoying the process of growth as I go. With that said, enjoy the show. This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast, a weekly show to help you prioritize your health, happiness and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. How are you? I'm really good. Let's get straight into it. Mm-hmm. So, tell me about your teaching. A little bit about your teaching background, just so that we know where you're at before we get into the meat and potatoes. Okay, so um, teaching kind of ran in my family. Mm-hmm. Both of my parents are teachers. Um, quite a few of my aunties and uncles are also teachers. Um, and I guess that would have played into why I chose it as a profession, but I feel that I also had some autonomy in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um So I graduated in 2008 and started um, at the school that I'm currently at still um, in 2009 Mm -hmm. um, as the Japanese or LOAT teacher um, for the cluster area. So I was at the high school um, and the two feeder primary schools as well on a part-time basis at all three. Then after my third year, I moved permanently and full-time up to the high school and have been there ever since really. Excellent. Um, so just a little bit of background for people listening, you're, um, at a state school and you have basically been teaching since you were 21 years old, is that correct? Yeah, yep, yep, 21 turning 22, I just worked out before, but yes, and very young. so how many years, not to give away your age, uh, but so this is, you said you're going into your ninth year before we started recording. Yeah, ninth year, but I did take two years leave, so I guess you could say it's my seventh year teaching, mm-hmm. um, but, um, ninth year... Um, at Education Queensland, yeah. Yeah, cool. And can you tell me a, a little bit about that two years leave? Just because I think that's an important phase in your journey and I'd like to know how that came about and what you did with those two years. Well, it was always my dream to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew it was going to happen. I actually thought it was going to happen earlier um, after about the three-year mark. But... um money and other reasons (laughs) meant that it happened after the five-year mark um I actually I think that that's part of the reason why I've been in teaching for as long as I have been I suppose why I was able to stay in it because I was able to have that two-year sabbatical Mm. um where I was able to find myself um really do two years just about myself and my partner all the things that I wanted to try and do and even started a small business in between um, and then really happily came back into teaching. But no, that, that two years 
um, I think really helped me work out who I was as a person. Yeah. And I find it really interesting that you did that after five years of teaching because that is exactly the time that a lot of people leave. Part of the purpose of this podcast is to, um, I suppose, share some success, success stories of teachers who either have overcome their challenges or who have managed to um, somehow not have any challenges and <laughs> not get to a point where they wanted to leave after, you know, three to five years because that is the average. So can you tell me a little bit about um, or have you experienced any major challenges in your teaching career or, and in particular in your personal life, around your teaching career if that makes sense yeah absolutely um well I guess I guess when I first started teaching I was pretty lost I was a 22 year old who didn't even know how to fill in a form properly (laughs) to be honest yeah um so that was a really difficult three years to start with um I'd moved to a new town a big city from a small country town um first time living away from my parents properly um and I guess I was just keeping afloat. Yep. That's probably the best way to describe it. I don't think I was doing a particularly good job teaching, although people around me thought I was handling myself okay. Yep, this is your first year. This is my first year and second year. Yep. Um, so I don't think I was doing a particularly good job of um, um, at work, but was a functional, yep. a functional person, a professional, I suppose. Um, I think it was about 2011 in my third year of teaching where I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And what was going on for you then when you had that moment or moments of questioning the career choice? I really feel like, and I don't know if this is just me or if this happens to a range of teachers, but once you get past your second year, it's kind of like people start expecting that you're either going to go down a leadership route where you... Um, start taking on more res- responsibilities and there, yeah. there is often quite a bit of pressure to do so yeah or, or you don't yeah and you t- t- kind of have to choose you have to choose and um it's not that you're lazy per se but it's kind of a defining moment as to what type of teacher yeah. you're going to be especially when you're still so young especially when you're still so young and my school um it has an excellent leadership program where they where they really encourage younger teachers to move up quickly in terms of responsibility um and that that can be that can have its own pressures and i think i was um really trying to juggle what i perceived myself as as a person with a good work-life balance um with the professional that i wanted to be yeah at the same time so um so that was a real challenge and i i ended up deciding that no i did want to go this leadership um way and took on more responsibility and really felt like I was going to drown actually for a couple wow. of years there for the yeah. two for the two years before I left I think I I think my mindset was that in order to be good at my job I just had to be busy all the time yeah and busy became my persona and even my partner complained that my um answer to anything would always be oh I'm too busy to do that yeah especially when he questioned why I'd lost interest in outside like um outside hobbies and interests that I used to be into yeah yeah because I'm too busy because I'm too busy yeah and I'm curious to know as well when you were in that sort of third year phase did you have that feeling of I thought it would be easier by now like first year second year supposed to be really hard of course that's fine I I accept that but now I'm in my third year 
why hasn't it gotten easier? Did, yeah. Did that happen? Oh, absolutely. Um, I was um, I was in charge. What what I just perpetual I perpetually felt like I was doing a worse job of teaching as I took on these extra responsibilities. Yeah. So I felt like I was doing a poor job of teaching my students and a poor job of handling these other events new and new responsibilities new responsibilities that I had and really felt like I just wasn't doing a good job of anything anyway for a good couple of years there yeah yeah um so yeah I did think it was going to get easier but it it it, it didn't mm. um and I I now know that that was that's what I allowed myself um to think to like that's how I perceived it yeah whereas like you can have your successes yes you just have to accept that you're not going to do so well on some things um and really you need to tap into your strengths and what you do best yeah that's some really good advice um so when you were going on that two years sabbatical did you know that you were going to come back or you were basically at the end of that sort of two years feeling like you were drowning thinking I'm done no actually what was really interesting was that all my workmates were saying to me I don't think you're going to come back ah. um but I kind of knew I was I no, I, I definitely knew I was and I think I think I was open to if I had an epiphany not coming back mm-hmm. but I think deep down education is my passion I knew yeah. I was in the right career yeah and maybe under it all I knew I just didn't have the right balance going on yeah um and maybe maybe underneath it all I was just trying to find that in the two years that we went Mm. away Mm. um the balance the balance yeah yeah and finding yourself again because you said when you started teaching you felt pretty lost yes personally yes personally absolutely yeah so let's talk about work-life balance um what's changed about the way you balance now compared to earlier on in your career, perhaps before you had that two years break or even, you know, in recent times? Well, it's a new year. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the most telling signs that things have changed is this is the first year where my New Year's resolutions, in, a, in about 10 years, I think, where one of my New Year's resolutions hasn't been to eat healthier yeah and get fit yeah uh, because i think i'm there well, at least yeah. wow at a at a level that i can maintain yeah and i'm happy with mm-hmm. um so every year um i think i've just incrementally got better at that <laughs> yay for resolutions um, absolutely and that's also the gradual change thing mm. that's one of my really really big pieces of focus for coaching clients in particular is sometimes people come and want to they're in a really bad place or feeling stuck and they just want to change everything overnight. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) Unfortunately, unfortunately the one step at a time as frustrating as it can be that that gradual change is the only way for sustainable long-term change. Oh, it, 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 it really is. And what you find is if you can, if you can finally get to a point that you're happy with in terms of your health, Mm. physical health, Mm. then you would know this too. Your mental health just comes along with oh, it. Oh, absolutely. So that's the biggest change for me. Is and they that perpetuate I perpetuate each other. Exactly. It's almost like I needed that physical base to gain that mental clarity mm. and to be like, oh, okay, I can see things clearly now. 
um, I can see what matters. I can see what I need to prioritize. Mm. The other biggest thing that's changed, and I think I owe this to my partner in a lot of ways because he'd always call me on it, is this uh, being too busy to sort your own life out or to get happy with your own life outside mm. of work mm. is not good enough. Yeah. So you can't you can't make that excuse and say, oh, I'm, no, I, I can't go to the gym this morning because I'm just too busy with work. I've got to get there early. Well, you're not going to function well at work mm. if you don't get your physical health or yeah. and mental health together. Yeah. So it needs to be your number one priority. Mm. And it's easy to say. Agree. It's easy to say. Everybody says this. Mm. It's just I think it's been a 10-year process for me to actually get it down pat. Yeah. Um, so I don't say I'm too busy anymore. Last year's resolution was to join a book club and read every book. Yep. Um, and... Missed one, but I can safely say that I read 11 books last That's year. That's awesome. Which, before that, I was lucky if I read two a year. Yeah. And I love reading. Yeah. So when did I lose that yeah. in those 10 years that work can easily take over your life, but if you if you make the conscious decision that it's not going to, mm. you will be happier for yeah. it. Yeah. And I really liked what... I don't know whether, whether they're your words or Adam's words, but that you know being too busy to sort your own life out outside of work is just not good enough yeah it can't be your excuse no it can't be and 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 I have to say he's known that for a lot longer than me Mm. and um and you know has kept his his judo up he goes three times a week um and always has done it really motivated me to think well why is teaching different to any other profession? Yeah. Why can't I leave mm. it at home? I feel like sometimes teachers wear this busyness as mm. a badge of honour. Mm. And and we are busy. We've got a mm. big job and it's an important and an, job. And there's an emotional load to it as well, which is the other thing. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's definitely just physical hours that we have to put in, but there's mm-hmm. an emotional labour that goes along with it, which is, I think, the hardest part to leave behind. If you've heard some, you know terrible background stories about the kids in your class mm-hmm. it can be really hard to switch that off oh, absolutely when you get home but it's not serving them it's not helping them no. to keep worrying about them that's right when you should be asleep so well ex- exactly exactly um so yeah i think those are the two biggest changes um mm. one that i i no longer use i'm too busy as an excuse and um two just getting my physical health into check yeah um which is just I don't get sick anymore, Ellen. Yeah. It's bizarre. Like, you know, like, and I'm not strict, strict. I don't um, adhere to any specific diet Mm. or really hardcore everyday exercise routine. I Mm. go three times a week and I, I never go to bed hungry. It's, it's just, I I think it's, it's helped me have a mind shift. It's been really, really helpful. So can you talk to me about what your lifestyle was like? perhaps in the early couple of years of your career um, just so that we can get a bit of an awareness of the changes there oh yeah um so I keeping in mind that you were sort of early 20s (laughs) I was certainly um partying a lot more I um I would make questionable decisions around the time of bed (laughs) I would I would um really succumb to peer pressure in terms of um, my social events and yeah. letting that dictate yeah. everything. Yeah. So what, depending on what social event was on that week would mean how much sleep I got or mm. what I was eating or what I was consuming. Yeah. Um, so that was a really, that's, that was a really big thing. I think, 
Um, I had no, um, no system in place to mm. organize my personal life. Okay. And in terms of even my bills. Yeah, yeah. Where it all got paid, but it just was very haphazard. Yeah. And, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, yeah. savings wasn't great. Yeah. Um, which is normal, I think, for a person yeah. entering the workforce. Well, and it, you know what? It's normal for a lot of people. And, and I think one of the most neglected forms of self-care is financial self-care totally. because just that level of stress that gets removed when you're kind of on top of those things when you have a system in place as you said and, you, and it's not haphazard anymore makes a difference yep and one of the biggest um i think um changes in terms of my finances that occurred was when i realized that i was two years off this mm. big trip that i'd planned mm purely based on what I'd saved and yeah. so so you know that was a big thing um big stress in my life and of course if you're not organized in your home life and you don't have systems there mm. then what hope do you have organizing your professional life Absolutely. and having good systems in place At there work. to get yeah. things done efficiently yeah well because how you do one thing some people say how you do one thing is how you do everything exactly. I wouldn't always go that far but definitely how you do um, one thing is how you'll do most things. Exactly. It'll be your general approach. Um, and so lack of systems, lack of organisation, mm. allowing peer pressure to dictate mm-hmm. how you spend your time, That's really, right. um, definitely detracts from quality of life. Absolutely. Mm. And now I don't, I don't pretend that my systems professionally um, at this stage are perfect, but I have that base um, mm. that base in yeah. my home life and in my health that I can try new things. I can f- hear something and be like, oh, I'll try that Yeah, because I can Yeah, because I've got good foundations. Yes. Whereas before, when I was in my early, in the early stages of my career, that was just a joke. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. <laughs> um, very strongly. Um, I, thinking back, what was your mental health like? in your early days of teaching your early couple of years oh i was um i was and even beforehand at uni mm, if that's relevant you know it's funny the 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 way people describe themselves i would have always described myself as a positive person Mm -hmm. but i definitely had really pessimistic undertones yeah yeah um and i really didn't have resilience when it came to um (laughs) to what I believed um, relationships were and should be. Yep. And that's not just um, 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 romantic relationships. That was friendships as well. Um, so I think something small could happen in a friendship or a relationship and it really put me into a tailspin and yep. really rock me. Mm. Um, even And that even extended to professional relationships. Yep. I, I found confrontation really difficult. Mm. Um, I found criticism really hard to take yeah. and feedback really hard to take. Um, so I would say that I was a bit more fragile than I am now. Yeah. Um, whereas now I would say that I'm... My, I have much more honest and open relationships with everyone in my mm. life. Um, and I just think I'm, I'm stronger. And that might come with age. But I think it definitely comes with health and just getting, yeah. getting yourself sorted at the same time. And having those good foundations. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I would 
reflect back on there as you said you found criticism and conflict at work really difficult Mm. what's changed now in your approach to work when there is a situation that might require some confrontation or some um, criticism what's changed in your approach to it um I think whereas I used to take it very personally Mm. that it was a personal slide or a personal attack I think I can see the bigger picture now. I think it's mm. easier to see the bigger picture mm. uh, when you're in a better place. Yeah. And you have some the perspective of time. That's it. You know, hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, the perspective of time. Um, so now I, I really think I look at things a lot more objectively and am able to um, empathise with the person a little bit more and, and see it from their perspective. But also I'm really able to stand my ground if it's something that I believe in and I think that definitely comes with time Mm. where you're you know my my boss talks about having your true north Mm. and that guides you your whole way through your career and it it, you know it it extends into your personal life and it's about your morals and what you believe um your values your your values Mm. um and I think once you've started cementing that then it's easier to um just have some perspective when when you are in conflict situations of conflict and and criticism and you can mm. you can just be more open to it absolutely mm. i love that because for two reasons one because values are, are really key figuring out your values and, and and priorities is also really key i think in your personal life journey of, of prioritizing your health mm-hmm. um but also that that idea of not taking things as personally mm. as a personal slight but it's feedback it's it's not it doesn't it's not failure it's feedback mm. this is mm. a way for me to um either take it on board or decide i'm not going to take this on board for whatever reason mm. i'm going to stand my ground but you don't automatically go into that defensive taking it personally mm. uh, response which is actually more enjoyable for you it's a it's a nicer place to be in mentally and emotionally but it's also more productive in the workplace oh absolutely um another thing that i've really and i didn't really have a word for it until recently it's a bit of a buzzword in education but Mm. that that idea of growth mindset yeah um you know it's it's so true though i think that um i really saw things as um as permanent um and concrete my my own flaws um, other people's flaws when I was younger and earlier in my mm. teaching career, um, whereas something really shifted when I went overseas and I realised that I can learn anything I want to learn. Yeah. And, you know, it comes down to even simple things like getting my head around a MacBook. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and understanding... the rules of cricket. Rules of cricket. <laughs> uh, and, you know, working out that you can use Photoshop, you know. Yeah. Like, I think that if you embrace this growth mindset um, and that things can have... Um, be fluid and that mm. nothing's permanent and then that you if you really put your mind to it can change mm. then feedback doesn't become or feedback or criticism or mm. whatever however you know it's coming to, to you it doesn't feel personal anymore it feels yeah. like oh well, it's great I've got so I can do something about that yes. or sorry I don't agree with you on that one mm. um I actually like the way I do this and I'm going to continue to yeah but it's it's the, that growth mindset that if you wanted to you can make a change yeah I love that and also it sounds a bit like and I'm not going to put words into your mouth but sounds like you also have possibly in those two years changed where your um true north is coming from or where your sense of um self-worth is coming from Mm. more internal because you've got that foundation you know what your values and priorities are 
Um, and therefore, if something comes in that you don't agree with or that, you know, maybe stings a bit, makes you feel defensive, you're able to evaluate that from a place or a, a little bit of a less charged place because your self-worth doesn't necessarily come from outside. It comes from inside. Yes, I would 100% agree with that. I think in, um, yeah, about 10 years ago, yeah, I would I would describe myself as very influenced by everything external, mm-hmm. whereas whereas now I'm kind of uh, <laughs> able to de- deflect what I'm what what needs to be, yeah. and in, and bring in what I feel yeah. is valuable. You can separate you can separate the wheat from the chaff. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. and separate what's other people's stuff mm. from what's valid. Totally, and I think that's something that's particularly important in teaching to be able to separate the wheat from the chaff. Otherwise, you you will get bogged down and mm. burnt out very, very quickly. We're mm. in a profession where you've got, you've got um, feedback coming in constantly from your students, from your co-workers, from the parents, mm. from the wider community. Mm. Um, and if you don't have that internal compass... Yeah. Um, then yeah, you'll you'll drown in that really quickly, and mm. I think that's something that I've really strengthened over the last mm. probably only three or four years. Yeah, and probably will continue to. Yeah, as you go on. I think once you get into it, it's easier. It gets easier and mm. easier yeah. to um to strengthen and to and to enjoy life more because you're not worried about the little things that yeah. really don't need any of your time. Yeah, absolutely. So you. you more conscious about where you're sending your your efforts and your energy and even your um, your level of concern. Totally. Mm, totally. Yeah. So we're just coming to the pointy end. I'd really love to know what your um, maybe your top three or top five self care or survival strategies are, um, particularly around. Obviously, work comes into it, but I'm much more interested in in the personal life side of things because, you know, I believe that that's the foundation for success at work. Um, So, yeah, what your top five self-care and survival strategies are. Okay. Um, Look, I sound like a broken record, but um, I really think that the foundation needs to be set. So if you have your your health, um, your physical, um, what you're eating – whether you're exercising or not, down pat, then getting enough sleep, getting enough sleep, <laughs> um, and 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 being aware that that's something that um, is never going to be fixed. Yes, um, and that it's okay to have a bad week, mm. and just just that that age old saying, whereas like it starts with your next meal, or it starts with just get going out for that next walk, mm-hmm. and that it doesn't have to be any more than that. Mm. That's my first tip. My second tip is to. The one I love the one minute job rule. Mm. Have you heard of these? Where you, where if it can be done in less than a minute, do it right now. Yeah, I love that. Um, I do that in my personal life, and I do that. Well, I try to, and I do that at school as well. And yeah. I've I've found since I've done that, it's like just seizing the day. It's just seizing yeah. that one minute moment. Yeah, and you get so much more done, and you feel so much more accomplished at the end of the day. If it takes me less than one minute, I do it straight away. I like that. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think. I, I was talking about this earlier in uh, earlier last year, and I was saying um, that I really wanted to catch up with friends purposefully. Mm. Um, 
I think sometimes it's easy to just be like, oh, yeah, I'll do this. And we don't really put much thought into it. And we, I, I feel like if you make time to see a friend wholeheartedly in it and enjoy that moment and have, have that time that, that means something as opposed to I'm just going to try and fill my week with as many social events as possible mm. for the sake of it. Quality, not quantity. Quality over quantity. Exactly. And being present in the in time that, that you are there. Mm. Um, that's, that's really made a difference. Mm. And, and I think my friends like me more for it, mm. even, though, even if that means they see me less. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else? Time, time for your loved ones and, and just being kind to them and yourself. Mm. I think it's really... Being kind to yourself. (laughs) Big one. Big one. Massive one because you do fail on a daily basis (laughs) if you look at it closely enough. (laughs) Uh, So the the whole point is just to Mm. let go and move on and and do what I was saying by just just accepting that you can change it in in a matter of minutes. You can do something new and and make a a positive difference. I like that, yeah. Um, And... You're never too busy for the things that count. Yeah. You never should be. Yeah. And if you get into that habit, it can quickly spiral out of control. Mm. Um, so I, I don't use the word. I try my hardest, and this is one of my resolutions. I don't really want to say it just in case I can't do it, but <laughs> try my hardest not to use the word busy this yeah. year. Yeah. I don't want to be. I te- love that. I don't want to be telling people that I'm busy. I'm not going to be wearing my busyness as a badge mm. of honor mm-hmm. anymore. Um, and I'm certainly not going to use it as an excuse um, um, when something comes up or if there's something that I really would have done otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Well, it can, it can be as simple as just changing your language. Exactly. And saying, I, I choose not to do that. I have some other priorities or I have enough on my plate right now. That's not going to fit in. Um, that simple change of language can also empower you to be making conscious choices about that, even if you are really busy and that's the reason, you, as you said, that you would have done it otherwise, it's I chose not to do that. Yep. I've chosen something else as a priority there. Um, one thing I did want to ask you about that you haven't mentioned but I know is one of your strategies is your 10-minute rule with um, when you come home from work oh, at the yeah. end of the day. I'd love <laughs> you to t- talk about that because this was something that you introduced me to and I yeah. think it is brilliant. So um, this is actually, I can't take credit for this because um, this is my partner's rule and yeah. it has been ever since um, in the first year of our relationship and this is quite telling because it was, um, it was when I did make that transition earlier on to start taking on more responsibility at work. Um, he cut me off mid-sentence one day and he said, oh, Beck, 10 minute, 10 minute rule. I said, what is this 10 minute rule? And he said, my workmate and my housemates and I have a rule where you're, each person is allowed to vent about their day for 10 minutes so that they can get it off their chest, um, so that they can have an, an, a sympathetic ear and then we move on mm. with, with the rest of our night and we don't touch it again. And, and it's really funny because sometimes he's in a busy stage at work right now and I've had to say to him one or two times, hey, 10-minute rule. Yeah. And it really keeps each other in check, but it also, you know you've got that 10 minutes to talk about something mm. if you really need it, which mm. I think is so important yeah. because you can't just sweep it under the rug no. and be like, be suffering in silence. No, absolutely. But it is, it's a fun rule as well because yeah. it, it makes you smile. If someone, if you're <laughs> starting to rant and rave and, oh, my day was so hard, someone just goes, hey, 10 minutes. Yep. It really brings you back in and, and, and plants your feet on the ground back to reality. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, it's, it's definitely... 
definitely meant that we find other things to talk about in our relationship yeah. other than work and I'm really happy with that. And it keeps you both accountable to those priorities which for you know you guys are not going to be 100% work-based all the time. You've got a life outside of work. You maintain that balance as a matter of priority so it keeps you accountable to that. Absolutely. And we hold each other Absolutely. accountable. And, and that doesn't mean we – like I'm – I know he, he tells me – regularly how how proud he is how proud he is when I am in when I have a good balance yeah and and I love that because it's not oh you work so hard I'm so proud of you it's 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 like oh you handle everything really well you're mm. doing you're doing so well with everything that you have on your plate mm. at the moment and it, and that's important and it acknowledges that it didn't happen by accident it is actually an achievement um, and it's as you, you know, as we've said, it's not always possible. We try, we you know, we don't always reach our own goals. But um, it's not an accident if you've achieved this state of balance or keeping everything handled really well. It, it's through personal effort and sometimes really difficult choices and you know a bit of self control and discipline. Um, but it's worth it. And you know, when you do achieve that balance, work satisfaction actually increases exactly i don't think i've been happier in my job than right now and yet i've had to make some of of these hard decisions and i'm and i'm not investing my whole life into it but i but i feel more um passionate about it than Mm. ever i think that's a perfect place to leave it yep excellent thank you very much rebecca thanks so much thanks for listening to the teacher well-being podcast If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. I'd love it also if you would leave a rating and review in iTunes and share it with your friends. This really helps the podcast reach more people and together we can spread the message of teacher wellbeing to create thriving school communities. Don't forget there's also a review competition to celebrate the start of the podcast. So if you leave a review in the iTunes store before the 31st of March 2017, you'll go into the running to win some great prizes. Show notes for this episode can be found at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. You can also find me at facebook.com forward slash selfcareforteachers and on Instagram my handle is at selfcareforteachers. So come along and follow me there.